Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am barely awake, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Woohoo! Sunday morning honchos, baby! Sunday, June 16th, day. yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, here on Long Island in the great state of New York. And everybody say hello to your favorite honchos and mine. Mr. Robert Cuny in the great state of Maryland, how are you, sir? Mm. Ah, coffee. Greetings and salutations. I am, as I said a moment ago, barely awake. And of course, easy. Easy like Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome to the new Sunday edition of the Sports Honcho from Maryland to Long Island, everyone. Sing it, Rob. But I just can't stand the pain, everybody. Actually, second thought, don't sing it, Rob. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends, the Commodores. For all the yacht rock and easy listening games. Oh, and if we mention on shows 20, you get uh, 20% off your next Commodore purchase <laughs> and free shipping. That is not true. That is absolutely everyone. false information. You can actually get Commodores for free on the internet. Lionel. I mean, you can do the Oz in the back, okay? Let's do this once. Here we go. I can have concerns about Yeah. Yeah, baby. Anybody still listening? They all turned off. Good stuff, man. We are easy. Me and you are easy. Well, we used to be in our younger days. Oh, no. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sunday morning, Monday morning, whatever day that ends in Y. That's me. That's How you doing, me. buddy? Look at us. It's Sunday morning. Us. I'm, I'm doing good. Hey, listen, I before we get too far down the road, I would like to send out a big, hearty sports honchos congratulations to my son, who I used to refer to on the big show as Little Rage. But Noah Cuny is officially a high school graduate. Woohoo! That's Thursday, off to Towson University in the fall. Bravo! So both both boys are staying in the fine state of Maryland for college. Couldn't be happier. Uh, so congrats to Noah. Love you, buddy. I know you're not listening right now because you're fully ensconced and tucked into the burrito of shame. So at about 3 or 4 <laughs> o'clock this afternoon when he wakes up, then he'll <laughs> listen to the podcast. But uh, congrats to him. And uh, yeah, other than that, you know, things are good here in the, the land of Mary. How are things up there in the island? The Isle of Long. Oh, buddy. I mean, half of the island was at the Coliseum last night, rooting on the Icelanders, making a big stink. I had to call NCPD and ask them to turn it down over there. The barn was big, rocking, baby. Yep, big last-second uh, win for the boys on the island. I know your brother's happy. <laughs> yeah, he's there. He was at the games. He's probably still at the Coliseum now, and they, they not only do uh, pregame tailgating, they do postgame tailgating. They don't leave the Coliseum parking lot, and I don't think they're going to leave until the new arena opens up uh, a few blocks down the road in Belmont, New York here, 
on the island, just along the Cross Island Parkway over there. That's where you'll be able to go see your Icelander games. Does he do a uh, a live remote from the barn, as you call it? No, he'll be on. Uh, he'll be on this evening. For all of you uh, Icelander fans out there, you like that kind of nonsense? Uh, go to hockeynightny.com, and they'll be on yes. the the Twitch TV, Twitch.tv. Search Hockey Night NY. I'm only doing this is because it's my little bro's birthday today. Oh well, happy birthday! What's your brother's name? His Sean. Sean, happy birthday, Sean! From all Sean, your pals, Sean Anthony. Sean Anthony. Sean, that's very Irish. When he's Italian. when he's introduced <laughs> into halls, he's called Sean Anthony, not Anthony. No, 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 no. not Sean Anthony. No, no, no. That's, Shawnee that's, Two Blades. That would not be proper. <laughs> we don't talk that way here in New York and Long Island. It's not, he's not Shawnee Two Blade. Not like Shawnee you. Outback is down in Maryland, down there. My God. It's not like Johnny Roast Beef from Goodfellas. It's mm. one of the great mob names of all time. Johnny <laughs> I like Roast Beef. Always, I was always partial to Joey Bag of Donuts. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Or what was one of them was uh, Anthony the Wop was another nickname. That's a that's just hey, pretty hey, much. Whoa, whoa, all. whoa! Don't, don't, don't offend anybody out there. In the movie Goodfellas, that was his name. So, so anyway, where is? Well, I mean, glad all is well. Good for, speaking of good fellas, you know, I tell you what, before we get into all the funny stuff here, okay. um, oh, it, is here D, it is D-Day, and I know you're a historical teacher, at least that's what it says on your name tag, um, at your employment office. <laughs> Allegedly. So, in this um, rotten, spoiled country of America, I think uh, we should recognize those brave Soldiers, not only from the United States, from uh, Canada and uh, all our allies back allies back then, uh, who uh, risked it all on D-Day uh, so many years ago on the beaches of Omaha and more. Um, so I think we should recognize that because that's probably that's probably a big reason why me and you were able to speak speak English here to each other on this show. That's a big reason why fascism and Nazism didn't succeed in this in this country, in this world. And some people here wanted to come back. Some people are trying. Some people are trying to reverse time and make sure that D-Day never happened. Um, <laughs> but you're right. It's a it's a very important day. It's what probably is one it of with, the last. What is, what is it with days that uh, uh, the number six in a month that people just want to forget? What is that? Good question. But I, when I think of the number, the, the sixth day of the month, rather than think about what happened back in January, I prefer to think about this day, because this is one of the last times in American history when uh, something in a war actually rallied the people of this country, as opposed to what's happened since then. I mean, there's a whole podcast out there that we done on World War II being the last war that America could embrace, the last time we had a war hero go on to be president of the United States um, in Eisenhower, who turned out, you know, to be, as presidents go, pretty, pretty good. But, you know, that's just me being old man, get off my lawn. And that's so, yes, okay. At your age, that's okay. It is okay. I'm just glad I can still find the lawn at my age. Oh, you're like Clint Eastwood in El Camino, you know? Yes, good old Clint Eastwood. So, yes, it's a day to be remembered. Um, people should remember it. It's we do some quick math. You know, we're 77 years out from that um, epic battle. And I don't think people 
really tip their hat to that war or that war's generation enough, those that are still with us from that generation. Um, so back when, as, as I say in my class, back when people knew who the enemy was, when the enemy was people and not just the concept of, say, communism yeah. as the enemy or now terrorism as the enemy. And all you young kids out there, do yourself a favor and go watch the movie Private Ryan. Okay? That's it. A movie that was jobbed at the Academy Awards by not getting the Best Picture Oscar, losing out to Shakespeare in Love, you, which was, you know. You got, why you got to bring back bad okay. memories like that? Because we're talking about D-Day and not the lovable character from Animal House, by the way, in case you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the battle came first, then the character came second. Just in case anybody's wondering. Just in case. Just yes. in case. Especially for our young, our young listeners out there. So anybody who yes. is listening for the first time live today on this Sunday morning, thank you. Welcome aboard. We are the Sports Honchos, and uh, we have a little bit of fun here. We, we talk about sports, but before we talk about sports, Uh-oh. we also like to open the show with headlines that might force you to do lines. Indeed. Take it away, Mr. Cooney. All right, so before we get to the main course, the main, the big top, let's a couple of side show events. Uh, it's cicada season, as you know. I'm finally starting to see cicadas in my neighborhood. I don't know how they are up on the island, but I found out something extremely horrifying about cicadas. As if that noise they make and those beady orange eyes weren't bad enough. Mr. Cuthbert, are you aware that cicadas... Like a drunk college student after one too many brewskis, <laughs> actually urinate in a high arcing stream. And I, if you if you want to see something horrible on a Sunday morning besides our two faces, um, Google up cicada peeing, and you'll find a video of a cicada. Yes, draining the main vein, as we like to say. Hold on, it's buddy. positive. I got to pour a little bourbon here in my coffee. <laughs> you're going to need it if you watch this video. It's positively horrible. So, kids, if you're out there on a bright, sunny day like today, not a cloud in the sky, and you're like, Mommy, Daddy, is it raining? <laughs> it could be cicada pee. Oh, That's horrible. And I'm, we're not horrible. talking about a little trickle. We're not talking old man prostate here. We're talking high-arcing Niagara Falls-like stream. That was a shout-out to our friends of the Dean Blundell Network when I said... Niagara Falls, by the way. <laughs> Keep it Canada happy. You know, that's what we do here. Go so, Canada, go, eh? So, speaking of Canada, here's the main event for you. This will keep our Dean Blundell overlords in a good mood. And this was brought to my attention courtesy of the world's most patient and tolerant woman, my girlfriend, Grace, who brought me this particular article that I wanted to share with all of you. God bless you, Grace. God bless you. The British Columbia Center for... And, of course, they spell center in that Euro way with the R before the E. Center for Disease Control, simply entitled COVID-19 and Sex. So those of you wondering, is Canada looking out for your best interest, Mr. and Mrs. Disease Aficionado? Yes. Yes, they are. Here's what they... The first line, of course, is if you're feeling fine and have no symptoms of COVID-19, you can still have sex. If you're feeling sick... Skip sex. Now, that's some sound advice. Now, I Neither Paul nor I are a licensed epidemiologist, at least not. A, I'm not, as far as I know. But I, I started taking that. courses online, though, during COVID quarantine. I know. You, you stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. I could have told you that. 
So they go on to say how COVID-19 spreads. The virus has been found in semen and feces, and then they put in parentheses poop in case you were you were I, I sure don't know them big words like feces. Oh, you mean poop. Thanks for clearing that up you, for me. You are turning it off. is not all the new listeners are just clicking off right now. It is not known yet if the virus is found in blood or internal genitalia or vaginal fluid. Oh flutes. man, come on, it's Sunday morning, it's a holy day so for wait. us. Uh, you are here. You, you you listen to this. You, Paul are your are your safest sex partner <laughs> your next safest sex partner is are the person persons you live with <laughs> that's a horrifying thought if you have a family out there or the person's person or persons who has close contact with only you and no one else okay oh, then we go on dear lord masturbating oh come on you again are your safest sex partner. Masturbating by yourself, I'm not sure there's another way. Will not spread COVID nineteen. Hey, thanks for the uh, as my moyle would say, thanks for the tip. If you masturbate with a partner, or God help you, partners, physical distancing will lower your chances of getting COVID nineteen. But wait, there's more. Virtual sex. Again, I didn't. I'm not an epidemiologist, but I think I could have told you this one. Video dates, phone chats, sexting, online chat rooms, and group cam rooms are ways to engage in sexual activity with no chance of spreading COVID-19. Again, this is from the BC Center for Disease Control. This is not somebody in their basement. Now, is this now, for all Canada or is it just British Columbia area? I, I'm hoping it's for the whole world, but we'll start with the <laughs> British Columbia area. Sex with partners. Having one or a few... Regular sex partners can help lower the chances of being exposed to COVID-19. Talk with your sex partners about this. Steps to protect yourself during sex. This is, listen, this, if we could have some romantic music, I know I didn't warn you ahead of time. Here you go. But here's how you protect yourself during sex. Ask your partners if they're feeling unwell or have any symptoms of COVID-19. That's a winner. Hey, could you fill out this, this affirmation form before we have sex? How's your fever these days? Consider keeping contact information for your partners so that you can reach them if one of you develops symptoms. How romantic. And then here's my personal favorite. Wear a face covering or mask. Hold on. Wait for it. Wait. Continue. Today, the the CDC brought to you by... (laughs) You asked for it. Yeah. So, wear a face covering or mask. I usually wear a Richard Nixon mask during sex. Heavy breathing during sex can create more droplets that may transmit COVID-19. Avoid or limit kissing and saliva exchange. That's a good point while you're having sex. Choose sexual positions that limit face-to-face contact. And finally, use barriers like walls. And they say, for example, glory holes that allow for sexual contact. Dear Lord, man. But prevent close face-to-face contact. And that is how Canadians are going to keep us safe from COVID-19. You know, I emailed, you, I emailed all the priests and the nuns over at the rectory over there to tune in today. Hey, you, you Look said what rectory. you've done. <laughs> Look what you've done. And you're telling me your lovely, kind, and humble girlfriend, Grace, proofread this and fed it to you? She did. She said, as soon as she saw it, she said, here's what you're going to talk about in the next podcast. I said, Ugh. talk about it. It's going to lead the show. Are you kidding? Once I saw the word glory holes was in a publication yeah, from I'm their CDC, surprised. I was like, this can't be real. But it is. 
It is real. I am not surprised. And, it's, and to quote Terry Hatcher from Seinfeld, it's spectacular. Well, thank you so much for that traumatic oh, intro. Uh, sorry, Mom. Uh, now would be a good time to turn off the radio. I guess <laughs> it's I should have said Ma. that before. It's too late. I should have said that before. All right. Well, thank you so much for those headlines. Oh, and they were good ones, buddy. That might make you do lines. Yes. Brought to you by our good friends at DeanBlundell.com. We're all. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, here we go. First official Sunday. All right. It's time to head to the hardwood. The diamonds. And the rinks for a little hockey. Hardball and hoops on the hot Come on, Rob, it's Sunday. You gotta clap your hands. Nope. Here it comes. Do it, baby. Here we go. I'm clapping my fingers. Woohoo! Love it, baby. Lots going on. The NHL is in the midst of the second round of their playoffs. Searching for a winner to take home the big silver chalice sometime the the week at the end of oh, August. That's, that's I don't good. know when it ends. It ends the NBA playoffs in swing. Both and of swing. course, they're knocking those little hard balls out of the park. And remember, if you're going to knock hard balls out of the park or be in full swing, uh, make sure you're wearing a Richard Nixon mask. You know, to avoid the droplets. You know, um, uh, I'll, I'll ask a question. We're going to, we'll take out in post production. Are we moving the Coach K stuff to later? Uh, no, we'll do it afterwards. Okay, sounds good. So Let that me means yes, later. Okay, we'll take that out. We'll edit that in post production, friends. Yes. All right. Should we start with uh, the ice? The ice of the hardwoods, my friend. You call it, man. All right. Well, let's let's go to the ice then. Let's go to the, the NHL, and we are now deep into the second round. My prediction of all the series going six or seven games is almost correct, um, especially if you're, sorry, uh, Maple Leaf fans. I know you were hoping it was going to go in four or five. Clearly, that's not going to happen. You know, that's, um, um, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's only appropriate with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, going out again in the first round. Again. That we pay respects to Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Leafs forever. And as we Ranger fans would also like to gratefully thank them for now taking over the mantle officially of the longest time between cups. We had we had held that record before 94. And now it's bestowed upon the Toronto Maple Leafs. We wish you all well up there in the blue and the white. Because you are truly cursed. There's no doubt about it. And now Austin Matthews is 0 for 5 in playoff series since he started. Yeah, he's real worried about that as he uh, leaves, I'm the sh- a- leaves the ATM. Yes, at, I'm sure he bank. is. I'm sure he thinks to himself, hmm, am I really earning this money that I'm, ste- I'm making, stealing yeah, and making okay. from uh, Toronto? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's – sorry. What a job sorry. by the Los Habitants! Montreal, well, yeah, they're baby. up 2-0 over the Jets. I mean, they were supposed to be, you know, one and done. 
they were like, yeah, we're glad to see you back in the playoffs, but uh, we don't expect much from you. And look who's still hanging around. Uh, brutal, tough series between the Islanders and the Bruins that we talked about. Uh, clearly, the the Ning are having very little problem with the Hurricanes. And I'm hoping the, the Avalanche Knights series turns out to be a good one, not like the 4-0 thrashing. Turns out to be. Have you blues. been watching it? It already I'm it's, is. I'm hope, I hope it goes the full seven, I mean. I know it's 2-1, but I'm hoping it goes the full seven. The full Monty. You want the full mm. Monty, do you? And we're back to sex talk. <laughs> I wanted to wait till Paul had a nice mouthful of coffee, so if you could yeah. see it, there's now coffee everywhere. So yeah, it's it's the playoffs continue. It's it's as you said, they'll probably end sometime in July. But I the, the thing that intrigues me most is to see how far the Canadians get on this. Uh, you know, the playing with house money cliche now seems to apply. The dreaded team of destiny line seems to apply. Look, so I, I I have no problem saying they're going to take care of the Winnipeg Jets here. But Colorado or Vegas, which I do believe they will face in the next round. Am I correct there? Yes. I think? Yes. They will destroy them. Probably. I think you, the, you know, Tampa Bay, they're the defending champs, right? Right. And Carolina's giving them all they can get right now. And a tough loss. Year. Wild game, 6-4 yesterday. But if, if, if there's one se- – and the Islanders' um, Bruins series is, is great. It's tight, a little frustrating to watch, but it's good, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It, it's what's it's expected. Typical. It's yeah, a it's, typical it's, good old-fashioned Patrick Division slugfest for yeah. those that remember the Patrick Division. <laughs> but the for my money, the Rado Knight series is just phenomenal. You got everything going on, and since um, DeBoer put uh, Flurry back in net – I mean, if he had a start at game one, remember they got trounced 7-1 there and Landon was in net, and I think, uh, you know, he, whether he had to do it or not, I think Flory was injured or whatever, but uh, Andre flory has been the difference. He's been amazing. I mean, at his age and him, uh, his ability to uh, move in and around the pipes there, and he's just making some spectacular saves. And the Knights are getting their mojo back. That was a huge win for them, obviously, Captain Obvious stuff in terms of the series. And the great thing about those those two cities right now, and it's, it's great across the – you know, the league and sports here in America, it's fantastic to see fans back in the arenas. Um, the Islander fans, off the charts, just given, you know, and the, and the Bruins fans there when they opened up to full marks. But the Islander fans, man, they are taking it to another level. It's great stuff. But the fan base in Colorado and the show that they put on in Vegas, it's just super stuff, man. So if you can, uh, they're playing today, right? So, um you you got to tune in for that uh, if you can. You get a chance, you know, tune in. Uh, yeah, the Rotto and um, Knights are on at 8.30 tonight, uh, Eastern Time, and the Jets and the Canadians are there. See, that's – and that's – you know, we laugh about the COVID stuff up in Canada. And what a different world. And it's hard to believe they're right upstairs from us here. And they've got all these, these COVID problems. I know they're letting people back in the buildings in Montreal, so it's going to be a lot of fun up there in Montreal for the fans and everything because it's really the first time they've been able to – um, thank these guys for, you know, taking out the Leafs. They're up to nothing against the Jets. So whatever they can let in the building in Montreal tonight, the fans are going to give it to them. And that's only going to help them, I think, just kind of take care of Winnipeg. Winnipeg is, they did a phenomenal job taking out the Oilers, no doubt about it. But, you know, and, and Mark Shively and that whole incident that everything, he's one of their top players. And he's out now. So, uh, but it's been great. I mean, the hockey's been awesome. I do want to say one thing about the, um, 
the Islanders and the Bruins there. And I think just uh, officiating here in the NHL and, and, and where it's getting to, and, and Rob, I know you want to talk about this a little bit as far as the Shifley hit and everything else. You know, there was an incident last night in the Islander game. Did you see it when, um, I think I think it was Crutchy that uh, uh, speared uh, Barzell? No. In the corner? Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you a question. Okay. If, if you're standing on the street in the hot dog line, okay, and there's yes. about two or three people in front of you, and there's a couple of people behind you, and let's say to your left eye you look out and you see a police officer on one corner, and you look behind you and you see a police officer, police officer on the other corner. Anyway, you're minding your own business. You're standing on line for a hot dog. The guy behind you starts punching you in the lower back for no reason. He punches you once. You turn around and go, hey, dude, what's going on? All right. He punches you again in the lower back, right? Now you're looking around again, and now you're looking at the police officers going, hey, you see what this guy's doing to me? Then the third time, the guy punches you again in the lower back, so you turn around, and you hit him in the junk, and you put him on the floor. Do you think that guy in the hot dog line has the right to do that? The guy that punched me in the back? <laughs> yeah, to the right to punch uh, that guy in the junk. After uh, you've asked him politely two or three times to stop doing that, and the yes. police officers at the corner also are ignoring this is going on? I, I believe a punch to the junk, or as I like to call it, God's reset button, because no matter what fight you're in, you punch someone in the nuts, that's it. You can be starting from scratch again. Yes, I believe if I'm being punched not once, not twice, but several times. Okay, so no on the ice last night. It. So on the ice last night, Krejci's the guy on, on the hot dog line. There's a pile up in the corner. He's waiting for the puck to come out. He's not doing anything. He's standing there with a stick in his hand. Barzell's behind him with the cross check to the back, lower back once. He does it again. He turns around. Krejci turns around and goes, hey, what's going on? Nothing. Refs don't call him. The third cross check, three times in his back. He turns around. He jabs him in the junk. Barzell goes down. Boom. Now they put the hand up. Right. Be like if the, if the cops turn around now, they, they arrest the guy at the hot dog stand, right? And now we have the scene where the cops now are taking the guy in the hot dog line that punched the guy behind him in the junk, and they take him into the, into the police office uh, department there, and they come up to the counter and says, hey, we want to put this guy uh, in jail for overnight because he hit the guy in the junk, right? And then some witnesses come in and say, well, you know, the guy behind him, you know, he punched him in the lower back about three times, and nobody did anything, and the officer stood there and didn't do anything. So he was basically defending himself. So now the NHL, right? So they call a penalty, right? It's spearing. It's a major, right? But now they're going to review. So they go up to the NHL, you know, the, the whatever they call the war department, and they change the spearing to slashing. And I, I imagine they did that because they saw that the refs didn't call the three cross checks on a guy before he turned around and speared him. And that's your NHL right there. And now we'll go into Shifley, right? Shifley's getting, he's one of the best players. The Habs do the right thing, right? They do the whole thing. Just That's what you do. Teakin in years ago used to be that guy. Dale Hunter used to be that guy in the Caps. Yeah. You know, Sean Avery sure was, was that guy in the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I always had a guy that went around and tried to get under the top player's skins, you know? And then or, it was... Or, or like a Tom Wilson, who is one of the top players, but acts to. like he's a fourth yeah. liner. <laughs> exactly. Sure. You have all these guys, right? You know, Marshan might be the guy on the Bruins, too, you know. Guys that uh, not only can mix it up, chirp it up, but also very talented as well. So, um, you know, so you have these guys uh, on the teams. Now I've totally lost my train of thought where I was going here. All right, so, so Shifley. So this is going on. Now, Shifley, he's never had an incident like this. 
the guy rarely ever takes a penalty. So anyway, this is going on. So, you know, during the game, he's getting picked on. So we get to the moment where, you know, Jake Evans is going down racing for the empty net goal. And Shifley comes barreling down. And this is where the thing is. That we, but they're calling the charging and everything. So instead of maybe diving on the ice with his stick to maybe block the wraparound, Shifley just kind of rolls in. And obviously everybody knows what happens. He takes him out and Evans is a, a heap on the ground. And he's been suspended four game shot for this and everything else. And now here's the debate again. Was it a good hit? Was it a clean hit? Should it happen? How did it happen? Why did it build up to that moment? You know? And I think this is, you know, I think the NHL has a, has a problem here with the way they, they kind of uh, control. I don't want to call the players inmates in a bad way, but I'm saying it's like, you know, how the guards, it's like in the prison, like, you know, how the guards will run thing and favors and this and that. Let the inmates go. running the asylum, yes. Well, but here the inmates aren't running the asylum. The, the officiating is basically controlling the tempo of the game. And then they go up to the stairs last night in terms of the Barzell spearing, and they make a change, you know, there, you know, in, in the process of the game. I'm just saying it kind of gets a little tough, and then, like I said, you look at the buildup of what made a guy like Shifley build up to, to, to do something that the guy would never usually normally do, you know? And that's hockey. It's passion. Um, hopefully Evans is all right, and he'll get back uh, on his feet here real soon and stuff. And it was a brutal hit, but it was a, it was a clean hit. Now, you can argue back and forth about the charge and the distance and his intent and everything else. But the last thing I'll say on this, and I'll turn it back to you, Rob, in hockey, man, things just have to just astronomically line up. So if you look at the, like, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, especially in empty net goal, right? Where the timing for Shifley to skate down the ice, to magically line up with the way Evans was coming around the net to wrap up, and then, like I said, you have two locomotives that, that hit each other at the same point. And like I said, on, in railroad tracks, too, it's something that rarely happens, and boom, you have this thing. So um, I just think um, I think the NHL is a problem. I mean, it, this is nothing new. Uh, it's, I think it's just fr- I'm an old guy, so it's frustrating seeing this. I just think they should just get back. I mean, why have two refs out there? Why don't you put five refs out there so we can have five guys who don't call anything? You know? I'll go back to the one uh, referee thing and put fighting back in the game. Put the enforcers back in the game because this is what's happening. You have guys that are usually not violent becoming violent, and you have uh, star players uh, unable to be protected by their teammates because the officiating isn't protecting uh, the players, at least not all of them. McDavid gets away with murder. He skates to everything. But um, I throw it back to you, Mr. Cuny. Wow, there's lots unpacked there. Look, I've watched. The, All right, we have uh, to go to commercial right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I've watched the, the the replay of the the Shifley hit now many many times, and it strikes me as he goes the length of the ice, Shifley, and I keep saying, is there a, a split second where Shifley was first, or the puck was put into the net and then the hit comes? Um, it's very 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 close. I wonder if. I have a couple of questions. If there's some sort of unwritten hockey rule, like an unwritten rule in baseball where, you know, it's less than a minute to go. The net is empty because uh, uh, they're trying to, to score a six skater on the ice. And usually these empty net goals, it's a shot from far away or an uncontested shot. And really, what are you going to do? The puck was in the net. But, you know, Evan kind of Evan sort of scoops it up behind the net, tries to be, you know, tricky. 
there's really, except for you know the the, the freight train analogy you use of, of Shifley coming down the ice, he didn't have to you know do a little tuck around the post. I mean that's you know showmanship, theatrics. It's fine, whatever. So I'm not saying that is wrong. But do you think that maybe some of this anger on Shifley's part is there some sort of unwritten rule that look if you're going to score an empty net goal, you know don't you know rub our faces in it by doing a going back in Gretzky's office and then you know putting one just inside the post trying to be you know fancy all fancy with it when you know you could have just knocked it in from anywhere. Do you think there's anything? That 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 made it fueled, not that this excuse not, which Shifley did, but not, I'm wondering if they have these same sort of unwritten rules in hockey that they have in baseball. But what you should you know what? and should not do in situations. I'll tell you what, right now, let's throw the unwritten rules out the window, okay? Well, I hate, gonna, I hate uh, the unwritten rules because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there's... it's the same thing that happened with the Rangers and Wilson, right? If you were to flip that around, and let's just say that was, um, you know, Capo Caco who had dumped Ovechkin for argument's sake and ragdoll him, right? Now you have a, a now it's flipped on the other fan base, right? So you flip that around, and I'm telling you right now, if the Canadians had done that the other way, you know, that's it would have been the same thing, the same kind of reactions. There's no unwritten rule. I think Evans uh, was just basically he's doing his part by trying to, you know, Winnipeg's pressing there with the end of the net. They're trying to tie the game up. Right, and and, and Evans, but let me just say, Evans should try to score. I'm not saying he shouldn't. Yeah, try to but score. look, that's where the puck went. So that was his only option, really, to come around. I mean, he could have done a 360, maybe. But I mean, you know, it happened so fast, Rob. So how do you make that decision? Sifley right. too, right? So you, you you sit there and go, well, why didn't he dive, slide dive on the ice with his stick out, just straight ahead to try and block the the wraparound? But you don't know what he's thinking. He's got his head down. He's skating as fast as he can to get down, and that's his job to prevent the empty net goal. Look, he looked like Lawrence Taylor <laughs> taking out, you know, uh, Joe Theismann on that play. I know but this is the game. That's, this is hockey. We've but talked about like, this. Look, it was so close. There's, there's, here's the main point I want to get at. I didn't mean to go off on the whole unwritten rules tangent. The first thing I thought of after I saw this replay was what happened with, with Wilson and the bread man. In, in the game that you know apparently ended careers and 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 then cost you know the Rangers a quarter million dollars. That was not. There's no two ways about what Wilson did. And that was not you know in the spirit of of the game and it's you know wasn't something where he was Wilson was trying to make a play and Panarin just happened to get in the way. That was a mugging. And yeah, and how lucky is way. everybody? Hold on, hold on. I know, but he got a fine. I know, but hold on. How lucky is the league that, you know, Panarin didn't split his head on the ice and have blood exactly. all over the place? He could not only have ended his season, but ended his career and possibly his life. I don't want to get too dramatic, but it was that kind of Oh, a yeah, statement. no problem talking about masturbation, but now you don't want to talk about Panarin's life? Well, I'm just saying, I'm not, I don't want to be make it sound so dramatic, but it was a possibility. Certainly a possibility of ending his season. And worse. And he gets a $5,000 you know, slap on the wrist here in this play, what, what Shifley did again, we can go back and forth all day and whether it was, we don't have the time to try to make a play, whatever. It was a lot closer to, you know, a regular sort of occurrence in a game and out a a logical extension of trying to make a play. And he gets four games. I'm not suggesting that Shifley should have gotten the Dale Hunter 21 game suspension. I went back and looked at that play too. the hit on Tersh. I mean, that was, that was just, you scored, I'm pissed off, and while you're celebrating, I'm going to hit you in the back. It was defenseless, nothing, like a coward. Nothing at all like that. But I was just curious. But certainly, it's a lot 
less than what Wilson did to the bread man, and yet five thousand dollars four games because maybe that... because it happened in the playoffs, and they don't you know Bettman who I have mixed feelings about doesn't want this kind of shit to happen in the playoffs when people are actually watching hockey more than just the hardcore fans. Maybe that played a part in it, but that really annoyed me. Oh, buddy, they they want all of this stuff. Don't don't be fooled by the NHL, Mr. Bettman, and everybody else, okay? Look, I'm not into conspiracy theories, okay, or anything, but look, I've been watching watching this league for a long time, all right? And I'm not one to berate on officiating. My my mantra is you you got to score. And if you get your opportunities on power plays and stuff, finish it. I mean, you know, passing out missed an empty net last night could have been a huge turn in the game last night. So what are you going to do? That's hockey. But this whole thing with the NHL, see, now they're in a – that whole thing with four games now, because they blew the whole Tom Wilson thing. But I don't think they blew it. I think they wanted that. You know why? Because the Rangers were playing the Caps again on Wednesday night on national TV. So they ah, didn't do – there you they, go. They didn't do a suspension, <laughs> and it created all this drama, all this buildup. There was talk everywhere, and all it was on ESPN. Yeah. It was everywhere. And then the puck dropped, and there was an immediate brawl. <laughs> yes, and there was a brawl. Yes, there was a line brawl. This is all part of the show, man. I'll put the carnival music right. back on. That's what this all is all about. I don't think that's conspiracy theory. I think you're probably right. I would say you're at least 60-40 that that's It happened last night in the Islander him. game. It was a clear yeah. spear by Gretchen. Right on Barzell, you could, of course it was. They called it slashing and didn't make it a major. Spearing is a major penalty, but you know what? They saw that their official screwed the damn thing up because when you know you, I've said this before. Like this goes. Last thing we'll do on this on the Tom Wilson thing. When, this, when I told you as a Ranger fan, I wasn't affected by this. Thank God Panarin was okay, but it's nothing new to me. And I said, wait till you see the playoffs. I said, watch what happens in front of the net and the assault. That's going to be allowed to let go. And Barzell was basically cross-checking Kretschy in the back last night, assaulting him from behind. And because the officials, <laughs> officials didn't do anything, he defends himself and he spears him. And I don't blame him. Yeah. And then what, the, what does the league do? Oh, we got a problem here. Everybody's going to see this on, on film that our officials didn't call the four, three or four, four you know, cross-checks. So they made it a minor. How stupid do they think we are? Give me a break, you know. Well, and just to pile on the conspiracy theory again. And the I'm NHL sure that, that, wants. I'm this, sure the NHL wants this Bruins Islander series to go seven. They want all this series. They want to them go all seven. to go seven. Yes, Are they you kidding? And especially uh, now, I, since the quarantine and they lost all that money last year, believe yeah. me, they want everything to go seven. Well, look, when it comes to conspiracy theories, again, as I was trying to point out, that uh, I would not be surprised. The league wants as much attention. As it can get, even you know the old adage about no publicity, bad publicity is still publicity. If they're getting people like us and other people talking about, you know, even right down, boring all the way down to the officiating level, it's people talking about the the NHL and, and trying to get more media coverage, more fan coverage, more people coverage than just again the hardcore fans. So I, I would be, it wouldn't surprise me if all of this is orchestrated. Look at all the time we just it gave is. it on the honchos. Yeah. So, by the way, I think uh, whoever wins that Colorado Vegas series will be hoisting the cup when the playoffs are all set. Oh, don't you, Dad? Dad, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to have a lot to say about that, my friend. Okay. Well, and you I know just, why? Because there's one guy, and that guy is uh, Vasilevsky in Nets for Tampa. If he's healthy, ooh. And if Stamkos. You know, and, 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 
And Kucherov and is many, still healthy. Come on. Well, I'm, that's an, I'm just saying, how many, by the way, cup finals would that be for Andre Fleury? I mean, it seems like he's been every other year. Say, look, I mean, a few with the, with the Pens, then he was with the, the Knights when the Caps won their cup. So he just, you know, he gets a lot of grief from, uh, especially from Penguin fans. He gets zero credits. You know, the people like to think that, you know, it was all about Murray in the last cup they won. But You know what I say to those people? Um, Put the pads on. Put the pads on right. and stand in front of 100-mile-an-hour shots. Thank you. Exactly. Good night. I know there – and there are some staunch defenders of the flower, as he's called. But I, I, I'd ride with him, even at his age. You know, I, it's maybe he doesn't do well in the regular season. He's kind of a meh. But in the playoffs, if there's the another Knights year. That's win. what the Caps were hoping for with Lundqvist when they signed him at the beginning of the season. Who? Again, we hope – yeah, I know, some guy named Henry Lundqvist. Oh, okay. Didn't he play for us. Hung out in New York for a little while. Yeah, so I know it sounds familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. Right. Oh, and by the way, speaking of playoffs, before we move on, uh, as we predicted right here in the showgram, magically, uh, Canadian health authorities and the NHL are working out exemptions to the protocols. Of about course, they are baby. travel twixt the United States and Canada just in time for the NHL's of final. Of course, four. baby, has it a surprise, great how that works surprise, out? Surprise, surprise! Yeah, it's funny the way life does work out. So there you good go. luck. All right. And that's you know what they should. There you go. Yeah. By the way, breaking news uh, that happened a few minutes ago. Roger Federer is pulled out of the French Open, if anybody oh, cares. Say so. it isn't so. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Those of you who had Roger Federer uh, in your French Open pool, uh, I guess you lose. All right, buddy. How about a quick hit on what's going on in the NBA? Uh, we should say goodbye to LeBron. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the uh, the blue-collar Knicks here had a, had a lot of fun there in the first round. They gave it a go. But uh, they, they bid everybody adieu as well. Um, yeah, um, and, I, you know, you brought this thing up about LeBron there a couple of shows back. He was upset about this playing thing and all that other stuff. And see you later, alligator. Exactly. So maybe he was right. I, I, to his credit, I haven't, I haven't seen this. Maybe he has. But I, was, I didn't hear him you know, bitching and moaning about having to play in the playing game. The guy's loaded. He has nothing to bitch about. Right. So... Um, yeah, I guess the big news He will is, be buried in a golden diamond encrusted coffin. Here, here or, or the, when the supersonic jets come back, they will, they will spread his ashes all over the world. Apparently the Concorde is making a comeback yes. or some version of the Concorde. Call so the boom. And man, when one of those times. goes down, <laughs> it goes boom. The marketing department is going to have a lot to answer for. Okay. But yes, the Knicks, look, they went out in five, but um, if you're a Knicks fan, the future looks bright. You just got to get yourselves uh, someone who's more of a dynamic star than Julius Randle. You got a lot of good parts, and you got a pretty good number two or number three in Julius Randle. You get yourself a true number one superstar, and it's the Knicks, baby. It's New York money. And if the Knicks do well, they'll be able to attract free agents again, despite having Jim Dolan still being the owner. So the other, the big stories, of course, are LeBron is out. He was 14 and 0 in first round series. 14 and 0. And now he's 14 and 1. And yes, the Clippers, the Clippers and the Mavericks. The Clippers, you remember who tanked to avoid having to play the Lakers by their own admission before the finals are now find themselves in a dog fight with the Mavericks. It's 3-3, game 7 is tonight. No home team has won. Go Mavs, go. Go Mark. Yeah, so if so if if form holds the uh, Mavericks will put in seven, I and that would be wait. great. Because, again, there's no Doc Rivers to blame. 
You got the same team, different coach, and another first-round exit. So who are you going to blame for this one? Doc Rivers, last time I checked, has the Sixers in the second round, although if their best player Embiid is out, it's going to be a quick series uh, versus the Hawks. That that series begins tonight. Um, my question is about this. I hate to, you know, trample on sacred ground here about LeBron James, but, you know, when you look back at his career, and let me just, as a disclaimer, he's one of the two or three best players ever to play in the NBA. So let's get that out of the way. This is not a, is LeBron James an elite player? No, get out of here. He's one of the two or three best. If there's a Mount Rushmore, his dome is going to be one of the four heads. But when he's won his championships with Miami, with Cleveland, with Los Angeles, which is impressive, just saying that he won with three teams is impressive. He's always had a number two and possibly a number three. Even last year when the Lakers won, they had Anthony Davis. This year, he, Anthony Davis, he showed up in the last game, in game six, played five minutes, but he was hurt for most of, this, most of the playoff series. Can LeBron James, when we look at his, the totality of his career in the playoffs, is he somebody who's ever been able, without superstar help, just a lot of component parts, has he been able to win it all? Is he the kind of player that could be you put on the court with four any four players and lift his team to a title? And I know there's a lot of players that you can say no about that too, but I think what gets lost in the sauce to LeBron is he's always had help. But all and the I, best have had help. I mean, come on. I mean, right, but, uh, we've never, but but we've and that's true. And I know Jordan had Pippen for those. those Jordan had a cast of characters helping him out. But is he the kind of player? And I'm just. Do I believe this? No, I don't think that's true. But you're going to start to hear the whispers. Can LeBron do it by himself? Is LeBron getting too old? Uh, is it over for LeBron? I mean, look, what he did in Cleveland before he had Love and Oasis after Irving, um, before he had his big three in Cleveland, he took a team of Scrabinis to the NBA Finals. But I just I wonder if people are going to, the whispers are going to start now. The bigger LeBron. question, Rob, here is what does it say about the rest of the league? Even we've t- we've had these little conversations about you know the NBA and the disparity and the parity in the league, mm-hmm. and how guys like LeBron and a couple of the stars they jump around. Look what's going on in Brooklyn right now. Let's say if Brooklyn ends up winning the whole thing, right, with the star power that they put on that team, you know, right. I mean, again, that's a that's a that's a star studded team. There there's going to be a bunch of guys. Could any one of those guys right now in Brooklyn carry that team all the way? Probably not. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about this just as we were talking. First of all, Harden is injured. Injured the same hamstring that put him out for a bunch of games. He'll be fine. Stretched a little Ben Gay. He's going to be all right. We, you hope, if you're a Nets fan, you hope he's coming back. But, you know, we could say the same thing about Durant. Durant, when he had to be the man, like in Oklahoma City and now in Brooklyn. Because people, if you look at those, that big three, it's still people would put Durant and then Irving and Harden probably tied for second. He didn't win a championship until he went to Golden State, and he yeah, was and, the and he third. Went, Wait, hold on. And he hung oh, out with a bunch of other stars. Right. He was the third option after Steph Curry, after uh, Clay Thompson. And, and he had a fourth option. Four of those guys, three of those guys, surefire Hall of Famers, Draymond Green, a possible Hall of Famer. When the pressure was off him, he won a championship, won two. And he was MVP of one of them, I believe, maybe two of them. Now that he's in Brooklyn... Uh, when the pressure, again, is often with Harden and Irving on the court, you know, the team runs through uh, the Boston Celtics four games to one. Now, if Harden is out for any appreciable amount of time, 
and it's the Irving and Durant show. And they got a pretty good team around them, but really it's those two and then Harden when he's on the court. Can he win? Durant, I mean. Can he win a championship when he's the number one option? When he's the man, when the pressure is fully on him? Again, when you got three Hall of Famers around you and you're not the first option, it's easy with that pressure off to glide your way into the MVP. Durant, great player. One of the best in the league. But I wonder if he's going to be able to do it when the pressure is squarely on his shoulders. Probably and I just, not. It's I a don't team game. See, Even the great Piston teams, the Celtics yeah. teams, they were all, even Magic Johnson used to go in the Lakers. They, they, it, was, it was a compliment like you talked about. There's a core, at least three core guys that had to be uh, part of the recipe on a championship team. Right. And I don't want to see the same whispers uh, about LeBron. Because but, but dude, dude. He's done it all. Anything he does, yeah. for, to, as far as I'm concerned, the guy just go home, swim in the pool, hang out with your kids. You know, he's done it all 16 times over. It's all there's done. A, he's won everything. A, yes, he has. And there's a cottage industry of people out there who constantly want to compare, and I'm not in that cottage, constantly want to compare Jordan to LeBron, Kobe to LeBron. And as I, I think I said, maybe on our very first show, instead of doing that, just enjoy the fact that we got to go from Jordan to Kobe to yeah. LeBron. 30-plus years uninterrupted of just elite-level, historic basketball players. And I think that's going to continue. Whom, each of whom did spectacular things in their own right. You know, it's sort of like you know the Packers and having almost 30 years of uninterrupted Hall of Fame quarterback play. Instead of comparing, just say, well, this is great. Three-plus decades – of just star-studded talent. But I'm more curious to see what happens with Durant in Brooklyn if, indeed, uh, Harden is in a misty time. Hamstrings, man. Look, at our age, hamstrings can be uh, fatal to any sort of movement. But even uh, for basketball players and football players, elite athletes, if the hamstring isn't right, the machinery starts to break down. Right now, so I don't know. he's rubbing mil- the millions of dollars on his thigh. Okay? Ugh. That's all. And if cheating. Durant, if Durant, get, like LeBron right now is, is is calmly sleeping on a bed of money. Okay, okay? they're all right. Don't be so concerned so. about these guys. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Good luck to them. <laughs> we'll be over later to uh, to change uh, the uh, change you know, the limits. You know, you know the little Kleenex boxes that we you get at CVS or the I store, know. and you put them in, and then you pull a tissue out, right? And there's one after it. You know what, guys? It's, like they're, Durant they're, they're and LeBron, bills. they're the hundred dollar bills, right? But if and that's what they blow, blow their nose. noses with. Hey, if you've tried to blow your nose on money like this guy has, uh, it's <laughs> it's coarse. It's rough. All right. So hey, look what's going on in, in Boston. Some changes being made. Yeah, Celtics um, land. By the way, if, if I had told you that Danny Ainge had been Celtics team president for 18 years, which is longer than he played for the Celtics, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, Danny Ainge is retiring. Good for him. And and Brad Stevens. Th- I don't know what was more shocking, the fact that Danny Ainge is retiring from the Celtics as president and GM, or that Brad Stevens, who's only 44, is taking over as the general manager. And, of course, we'll be involved in the, the coaching search. Apparently, Ainge is going to stay on through the NBA draft and then officially walk out the door. But this this was, this was news was quite surprising. Look, I know that the Celtics season didn't end the way they wanted to. They didn't have the full complement. Like every other team, they didn't have a full complement of players during the playoffs. Um, they had to, you know, 
turn it on at the end just to make the playoffs. But there was a time if you were an NBA general manager and your phone was ringing and you saw Ainge, comma, Danny on the other end, you just sent a new phone who dis because you knew that whatever business you did with Ainge, you were going to get shafted. Whatever he promised you, it was going to be whatever, whatever. It was just going to be a bag of beans, not the magic beans that he promised you that he was going to win every negotiation. He was going to win every trade. Um, and that's, you know, he built the championship team there from 2008. He's the one that brought Allen and Garnett and Pierce together. But Pierce was already there. He was a great general manager. He had a chance to become like Jerry West, who was sort of the standard bearer for, you know, great player, great coach, great GM. Now, as a coach, he was maybe a met plus. But as a general manager, you know, and he's only 62. It's not like he, you know, he's 80 years old. Jerry West is still working into his late seventies, early eighties. It's just it's it's so sleepy, Joe Biden. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> he's not making as much money as Danny Ainge, though. It just seems to me that there's something there. I don't know why he would resign. I don't know if he was asked to resign. Maybe things aren't going lately. You know, in sports, it's always about what have you done for me lately. So maybe the Celtics thought, look, you're not getting it done anymore. But the Brad Stevens move to the GM with no GM experience, that's the one that surprised me. You're 44 years old. You know, there's college jobs that are opening up, like the one in Indiana, which he passed up on. Nobody saw this one coming. I don't think people saw the Celtics, I mean, the Ainge retirement coming, but nobody saw Stevens moving up. I thought, personally, Stevens would be out as coach. Fired, not here, I'll give you the GM job. I mean, I don't know what he necessarily knows about. I mean, he's a college recruiter, but recruiting players to come in the NBA and drafting players at a college, he's several years away from the college game. Can I ask you a question, Mr. Kinney? I don't know. I just don't know what – it seems a strange move for a guy of his age to give up coaching to be GM. Yes, sir. Are you a New England Patriots fan? No. Are you a uh, Boston Red Sox fan? I'm certainly not. Do you have any love for the Boston Bruins? Uh, no. When's the last time you sat through an entire Boston Celtics game? I mean, against my will? <laughs> of my own of my own free will, never. Against my I will. I am just surprised at the, the amount of concern you have over the status of the GM position of the Boston Celtics. I'm because I'm I'm a guy who talks about sports, so this is sports news, and I like to roll it's up my sleeves and get news. Involved. <laughs> okay. no, and I and I'm I'm, all, I'm only saying that in the sense of the, uh, the the GM spot here. I get where you're coming from, but you know what? You know this NHL. This is going around now. You know this in football. You're a huge football guy. There's a lot of guys in positions right now that just don't have enough experience. And I think a lot of this has come down to it's either financials or it just doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> right. But it's not it's not so much the lack of experience. You're right, because uh, coaches get hired with no experience. We see a lot of, you know, in baseball, for instance, a lot of ex-players, their first managerial job is at the major league level. I have no problem with that. It's just odd for a guy of his age with plenty of other coaching opportunities available, even if the Celtics fired him. To step up into the GM job, I just I, I feel like I guess it's not concern. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like there's something more to the story that will come out, you know, maybe a, a month, 
a year, what have you. It's hey, just, the, su- the summers in Cape Cod are beautiful. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you say so. That's true. They are, man. Ainge, hey, look, Ainge found out that we moved to Sunday morning. So, you know, he, he just needs well, to free just, time. He's got plenty of time. Apparently in 2019, he suffered what he called a mild heart attack. To me, there are no mild heart attacks. It's like being a little bit pregnant. You have a heart attack. It's a heart attack. Well, if he listens but, to, to today's uh, headlines at the beginning of the show, he might have a heart attack. Um, all right. So those headlines could have helped him. Again, he's got more time for that kind of activity. So maybe it helped him. <laughs> You are quick, my friend, Mr. Cuny. All right, so let's Thank move you. out of the uh, NBA here. Uh, you got some thoughts on uh, 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 some other stories here and other basketball news here before we uh, – and we're going to do a little college here in a little bit after we uh, just jump around a couple of baseball nose items. Here. What about Liz? You want to say something about Liz? Yeah, I, you know, this story is, is a little bit old, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. I just – I guess real quick. I'm sorry, Rob. We have to go to commercial. Again, if we only we had, you know, commercial, like high-powered commercial breaks, not me reading about Manscaped. So, uh, let's see, I'm looking at the date here. So, it's actually two weeks ago, um, these WNBA suspended Kurt Millers, the head coach of the Connecticut Sun. They say, for body-shaming Liz Cambridge, who plays for the Las Vegas Aces. Great name, by the way. I mean, the Las Vegas Aces, not Liz Cambridge. Um... Great movie, The Smoking Aces, based in Las Vegas. He said, this is Kurt Miller, uh, there was a foul on one of his players. And he said to the referees at the game who called the foul, come on, she's 300 pounds. Wow. Now, she's 6'8 and 235 pounds. Wow. Which for a basketball player, me professional athlete, it's you know she's it's not unreasonable, but I don't understand how this went from trash talk. You're a basketball player, the coaches, the players, you talk shit to each other all the time, whether it's in a game, in practice. That's what you do. They do it in hockey. They do it in baseball. You don't think, and not that anybody, and not that I'm calling her this, but you don't think in football that one player has said to another, you know, move your fat ass and block some kind of shit talk, some kind of trash talk, even to the other player, even other teams. To call it body shaming, and I know it's a it's a white man calling a black woman, making a reference to her weight. Are you? I mean, and are you I, alluding to the fact and I, and I that this isn't if, bad? What? You think it's okay that he called it 300 pounds? I think what he did is use trash talk. I know. I like to be controversial here on Sports Sanchez. I don't see the big deal. Oh, come on. Yeah, if that was your daughter, you'd probably be a little upset about it. I would be. Would I I be upset about it? Oh, 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 oh. Would I be upset if she was my daughter? Yes. Would I ask for the coach to be suspended, even for a game? Absolutely not. Would I be mad at the coach? I say, hey, why don't you be a little less personal? By the way, I maybe that's not professional. What he said is not professional. It's disrespectful. He's a coach. What if he said she's what if a he said player? She was 275 pounds. He, should, he shouldn't have said anything like that. 
He could have said anything else about her, way, the way she played, anything to do with the sports thing. What if he said she's thing. much bigger? What you if he just said she's much about, bigger? Why would you talk about her appearance? The guys don't even do that in the NBA. They don't even say stuff like that. They're just, you suck. You're cheap. Go practice your foul shooting. They don't turn around and go, you're a tall, lanky, goofy guy. But they could. We don't know that. That's Look, inappropriate. It's inappropriate. You're, you know are, what, man? I don't get it. I'm upset with you, Mr. Cody. And well, you should be, because I'm going to stand up, as I always do, I'm, I defend the defenseless. To me... You think the coach is have, defenseless? Could he Could he have I chosen... I hate to tell you this, buddy, but this is, this is big in women athletics on a whole. It's not just on this. Uh, and I, I actually know about a story recently, too. The, uh, there are a lot of girls in athletics and sports and competition in college sports where they don't get to move on because they're not, they don't look the right way or they're not in a certain type of shape. It's a big thing. I think you okay. should. And, I, and think I, you should, and I, I agree, want you to do a little homework. A little homework. We, listen, my friend. In my day job <laughs> as a high school teacher, trust me, I, I see that all the time, and I, I, it concerns me when, when women or men are bullied for their appearance because it's terrible. It's body shaming is, is just as bad as shaming somebody for, you know. But if you're the coach of your high school, on, on, if you're the coach of your high school team, and you call somebody else, some other girl, on the other thing, and she's 300 pounds, would you not be suspended? Would okay. you not lose your job? Let's, will you let me finish? I will. Okay. I'm sorry, Rob. We have to go to commercial. <laughs> There's a difference between calling somebody out. You know, I, I, I hate to be the person that says you're taking it out of context because I hate that excuse. But in this case, the player was fouled by Cambridge. And in pleading with the ref for some sort of something against Liz Cambridge, Wow, let me, in let me pointing out because if, if we if we had to use that in a court of law, some in pointing sort of out something. I don't know what he. I, I don't know what he. I guess what he wants the foul to be to be turned over. I don't know. Whatever he was doing, Your Honor, this person came over here for. with some sort of something, and I don't think whatever that's right. he was pleading with the ref for. He just said this this player is much bigger than my player. He could have said that. He could have exactly. said, "Come on, she's much bigger than my player." Exactly. But I don't see that the difference between she's much bigger than my player and she's 300 pounds is so small. You Buddy, can barely first see first of all between those when two your when your girlfriend asks you, does this dress make me look fat? Oh, how I do you answer? Attack. Yeah, exactly. I so Are you know kidding? how important this is to women. You can't do it, man. It's wrong. We're gonna have to look. He's not saying. He's not just saying, hey, look at her, that player, she's fat. Or she looks sloppy. So why then use the 300-pound adage? Because he was pleading his case about the foul. He should have chose a different set okay. of Okay, but in the heat of the moment, look, it's not like he called her a name we can't say on the honchos. Oh, see, now don't make this any worse than it, than it is. But I think that's Let's not that's put other point. words in this guy's mouth. That's the point. People are making this out like he's committed the cardinal sin of using race or saying something about her as a woman or making some claims about sexual orientation. He merely pointed out that the size discrepancy between the two players in an unprofessional is way. Yes, he did in a very unprofessional way. But is that what it takes nowadays to to, to lose your job? Have we 
gone that far down the rabbit hole that by saying something like that, that admittedly, yes, he could have you know, said, you know, what are you doing? That, that girl, she's like a skyscraper. It would have been less offensive than him saying she's 300 sure? pounds. You know what? I bet you if he had said she's like a skyscraper or a battleship or made some <laughs> other comparison to a big That's object. even more respectful same, because skyscrapers are majestic buildings and battleships no. are majestic no. creations of no. man. We'd be having we'd be having the exact same conversation. No, we wouldn't. Because that's where we've come to. No, we wouldn't. I'm sorry. I disagree with you. Your Honor? Okay. All right. Defense well, rest. Every, the defense rest, Your last, This is my last show with the honchos. <laughs> I'm going to go pick it. I'll do a show with Clay Travis. All right. Now, unfortunately, we have to go some, for some more off-the-field uh, info on MLB. We'll, we'll do some more baseball talk next week. We're um, 60 games into the season here. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, Orioles are still in last place. Uh, in the American League East, uh, not surprising. Uh, Tampa player, Bay on top our there. Our best player left the game yesterday uh, with shoulder injury. In yes. here, shoulder tightness. Sorry, did somebody say he's Thanks. a 300-pound wussy? Um, Chicago White Sox in first place in the Central. Uh, out West, we got the Oakland A's in first. Look at that, the Oakland A's, baby. That's a story we got to talk about next week. Uh, Metsy's first place, NL East. Uh, Chicago Cubs had a great May. First place in the Central in the NL and out West. The Brewers, don't forget about the Brewers coming on. And look at the Giants out West. I, we, like that's, I said, that's... we got lots to talk about here leading up to uh, before the All-Star game. So lots of baseball talk coming up here on the Honchos that, uh, that next two week. That two-team race was, was now a three-team race. It was supposed to be Dodgers and Padres. Now it's Dodgers, Pods, and San Francisco. Yeah, California's going to sink into the ocean with all these first-place teams. That's awesome. And a tip of the cap to San Francisco for wearing their uh, LGBTQ uh, Pride uh, uniforms this weekend, too. Uh, All good stuff. So that's baseball. But uh, take it away, Mr. Cooney. Uh, Let's get into some more controversy here. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to, again, make a lot of people unhappy. That's what I I live for, is making people unhappy. So Bob Brenly, who is the uh, Diamondbacks analyst, uh, the Diamondbacks played the Mets this past week, and he made a comment about Marcus Stroman's head covering during Tuesday night's game. So Marcus Stroman wears what they call, what some call a do-rag under his baseball cap. Okay, no big deal. You know, it's nothing to uh, to write home about. But Bob Melvin made a, Bob Melvin, <laughs> Bob Friendly made a very, to some inopportune comment about Marcus Stroman's choice of headwear in saying that, quote, pretty sure that's the same do-rag, spelled wrong, that Tom Seaver used to wear when he pitched for the Mets. Okay, that's a lame dad joke right there. I've already heard one, and quite frankly, it says more to me about Tom Seaver, uh, may he rest in peace, than it does Marcus Stroman. And yet, yet... Not only did he have to apologize, and not only is he taking some time off from doing the broadcast and the words sensitivity training and I'll hope to be a better person were thrown around in his statement, but the cries of racism have resonated throughout the land once again. To which I say, come on. Uh, you want to you you suspend Bob for making Mr. a bad Kennedy. joke? You are something else. You know, you flip just, that around. I, if you flip that around, okay, and an African American TV broadcaster made some kind of right. like white honky kind of laughable ha 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 thing at a white pitcher or a white shortstop, all right? 
the Caucasians in this country would have went ballistic. Again, it was unprofessional. Why it was you a got, stupid no, joke. No, it's it's unprofessional. Why you got to zoom in on that? He's a Just professional broadcaster. Why does he got to phone? Why does he got to? Why does he got to say something like that? There is racial tones in it because Tom Seaver would never wear one of those. You're right. That, that I think that was the point he was trying to make. Yeah, I know. Well, he should have never. He would, brought, but why do you got to bring that up? Why does he got to say? Why does the old white guy, okay, got to say something like that? There's no need for it. That's the thing. It's stupid. And yes, sensitivity thing. Yeah, go go hang out in your all white golf club and your all white freaking country club and stuff. Oh, and we don't know that. Well, they'll all patch up. Oh, come on. Arizona, give me a break. You know, He's an old look, man I'm surprised at the look, guy, look, you know. Well, the guy hey, played in Frisco, which is one of the most diverse communities, cities in, in, in the country for years. To me, Rob, look, I know we with this, this the line here with cancel culture, and I'm with you on a lot of things. We're, we're in the same thing about, you know, some things are a little just too much or whatever. But again, I, and let's just look. We're disagreeing here. It's all cool. It's all. It's all good. It's fine. The guy That's what we're here for. The thing is, it's like when most of these guys say stupid shit, they didn't need to say that. Like, who's who is that joke for? That's what you got to ask, Rob. Who's that joke for? Okay, because if you're, uh, you know, African American or colored, that joke is not for you. You know who that joke is for? That's for the white guys at the, at the country club. That's for the white crowd. That's what that is, and that's what's unprofessional about it. I guess what bothers me is, was first of all, was if Marcus Stroman wasn't wearing a do-rag, and, and the comment was, I'll bet Marcus Stroman wears a do-rag, just like the one Tom Seaver used to wear. He can wear a cone on wear. his head. It doesn't matter. Your Honor, I would object to... Uh, my opposing counsel interrupting me every time I try to make a point. I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. Thank you. Sorry, we have to go to commercial. <laughs> Again, <laughs> if he says that, assuming that because Marcus Stroman is black, he wears a do-rag and then bring in Tom Seaver, then he's cooked. His goose is firmly cooked, and he may actually not be suspended for a week. Zip it for a minute. But because he sees Marcus Stroman wearing one, he's not calling out black people in general. He's not saying that all black people wear do-rags. He's making... Again, yes, but how I admit, many white people do you know wear do rags? Thank okay. you. That's maybe see, you could, maybe, that's, maybe that's you could the do problem. the show by yourself. See, maybe you could do the show by yourself. Oh. I'll just sit here. God, I'm sorry. You made a lot of points. I get to make one before you cut me off again. Okay, I just don't. I don't see it as an assault on Black America the way that apparently you do. Is it a dumb joke? Yes. It's not even funny. Again, it says more about. You know, disrespecting Tom Seaver, the late Tom Seaver, than it does about Marcus Stroman. If Marcus Stroman wasn't wearing one and he just assumed Brenly did that all black people wear do rags, then he's finished. But he's not making that assumption. But the deeper issue is not did he make a dumb comment that only his country club friends would find funny? It's is this really the level of outrage that we want to have? Because when more serious examples of racism and intolerance come down the pike and people look back and say, eh, well, is this just another Bob Brenly, Marcus Stroman incident? Then focus gets taken away from the real problems that we have. You know, I ask my children, my children are mixed race children and they're one's 19, one's 17. And they're very tuned in to the social justice movements lately and to the counterculture in this country 
And I'm always asking them, how does this make you feel? Do you feel better? Again, going back to Aunt Jemima taking the, the picture of Aunt Jemima off the, the bottle, of changing the picture on the Uncle Ben's box. When, they, when actors who are white say it's no longer right for us to play people of color or voice people of color on cartoons like Family Guy or The Simpsons. And they're like, no, it makes no difference. It doesn't bring back people. It doesn't end police brutality. It doesn't stop racism. It feels to them like it's patronizing and tokenism and just sort of tipping their hat to, you know, we'll do something to make you feel better. I haven't asked them about this. I should have because I knew I was going to be talking about it today, how they feel. Not that if they say it's wrong, it's wrong, but I like to know not just from angry middle-aged white people trying to make sure they toe the right line and be on the right side of history, but how these affects people who are or should be or probably aren't, whatever it is, offended. That's when it bothers me. This isolated incident, it doesn't bother me so much that he was suspended. It just bothers me that now where do we draw the line and what does it say about things down in the future that are much more serious than what Rob Brenly did. It sets a That's precedent. Brenly needed to be suspended because the league has to let people know that it's not okay to do that. You know what Brenly should have said that joke? He should have said it on his country club or in his house or whatever. It's unprofessional to do that on air on sports because that joke is, is, is for a specific certain crowd of people. You know how hard it is to become a professional baseball player all right, or a pitcher in this league? Play for the Mets. It doesn't matter what you wear. I mean, the guys in the NFL wear their dreads. You got all the tattoos in the NBA. You got guys like Tatis Jr. with the dreads in baseball and stuff like that. Who cares what Marcus Stroman wears under his hat? He's just trying to be a baseball player. This had more of an effect on him on, in, in terms of all the PR bullshit that he had to deal with. Brentley goes But I don't, I don't think he was Brentley calling him out for his do-rag. I don't think he was saying he shouldn't be wearing one. Or chastising him for wearing one. But he made, or, or... It, he made it a joke, man. It's just unprofessional. It's just you don't do that on air. You just don't do that because you know what? Then everybody's going to stop making jokes about what everybody wears and how they look and all this other stuff. It just creates this whole other stuff. And, this, you know, this, you, know you could look at the stuff that goes on on, uh, you know, in the NHL with guys like Evander Kane and stuff like that. And there's been uh, white athletes who flash their money and stuff like that. And then he does it because he's African-American. He gets berated like he's, he looks like some kind of gangster or something like that. It's two sides of the story here. Right. And you see, you see what you just did there? That is a serious issue. What you brought up with Evander Kane, that is an excuse. Yeah, the white guys can do it, but the black guys can't. Right, and that's that's problematic, and that is that's not just you know. We're and in this deep incident, racism. the white broadcaster tries to get away with an off-the-cuff joke that he thinks is funny for him and his buddy in the booth and all his pals back at home. Who's that joke for? That's the thing. You flip that around, and if that's an African American broadcaster, and you know, and he makes some kind of similar comment about a white player, you're going to tell me they w- they wouldn't go on uproar, especially this. Forget about it, man. Especially the way this country is right now. So I, we'll, we'll disagree on this thing. I just think yeah. it's unprofessional. It's like what that coach did in the basketball game. Just keep your mouth shut. Just don't say that. You're, you're out front. You're, you have a job. You're an employee. And you just have to somewhat, you know, as hard it is or how angry it is. Or maybe you don't. Who knows what Brenly's thing is if he doesn't like it. And maybe it was innocent or whatever. But you know what? It's just not proper for him to say it on the air. And the league has to put, they have to suspend him and make sure that all the other white broadcasters, because there's 99% white broadcasters out there, Right? You can't be inconsiderate like that. And that's not cancel culture. It's not ha-ha-ha. Unfortunately, there's certain 
settings for certain people and there aren't for others. Right. And I just think it's inappropriate. Well, as you said. And I still love you, though, man. We will agree to disagree. Yes. I just... I, I, Your Honor, the defense rests. Yeah, if there's, we should, maybe there should just be a jail for stupidity. <laughs> well, see, that's really what it comes down to, Rob. Unfortunately, I don't think guys like... It's on, on, guys like me and you and podcasters and everything else, sports providers, journalists, we, spend, we unfortunately have to spend too much time on people who say and do stupid things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So good day, everybody. Hope you enjoy your I, I just I just don't want I don't want the message, the importance of the message to be lost in, in, in events like this. But again, we'll agree to disagree. Okay, pal. All right. Um couple words on Theo, uh, and uh, you want to say something about Mike Marshall before we uh Um well yeah, but I had you know what we should probably we can save those for another time because there's much uh, my tribute to Mike Marshall, who an underrated, undervalued major league baseball player passed away recently. Uh, not a Hall of Famer, so don't worry, everyone. Oh, oh yeah, let me remind everyone uh, if you're uh, friends or family of Willie Mays, <laughs> give him a hug. This is the Sports Honchos for our new Sunday listeners. It seems like every time we do a show, a Hall of Famer drops dead. So if you know Willie Mays, if you see him, you see the say hey kid, <laughs> give him a big hug and a kiss on the forehead. Um, so we'll save Theo and my tribute to Mike Marshall. For the um, big baseball episode next week. Yes. Oh, and uh, Major League Baseball is cracking down on uh, foreign substance rules. So In, in the broadcasting booth, primarily. In the broadcasting booth. Especially. No alcohol, no drugs in the broadcasting booth. So guys won't say stupid things. Right, exactly. So we'll, uh, uh, So that, that's happening. You know, the pitchers are going to be checked randomly by umpires. Um, about you know foreign substances on the. I, I think the umpire should focus on the the, the yeah. you know the, the strike box, okay? Because right. they're having some issues. Right. They there. need they don't need any more to distract them. Exactly. Thank you very much. All right, look, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, we're going to play the drums here for uh, those listening for the first time. Whenever we do the NCA, uh, we bring out the drums, and uh, Rob's just got a, a quick little uh, little note here on Coach K. Has decided to hang it up after the season. Take it away, yeah, bro. Uh, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, coach of Duke for 46 years, 41 years. Good Lord, that's a long time. Uh, he's retiring. And he's retiring as the winningest coach in Division One basketball. He's got 1,170 wins. Nobody else has even 1,000. Um, there's six coaches who have reached 900 wins. Now only one of them is active. That's Bob Huggins at West Virginia, who I, by the way, didn't know he had that many wins. And at 67 years old, I doubt that Huggins, who's going to be close to 300 wins behind Shashevsky after Shashevsky's done, he's going to coach this next season and then call it a career Coach K. I don't think Huggins is going to catch him. That leaves just Jim Beheim. You know, Roy Williams left UNC, now Coach K. Now it's just Jim Beheim of coaches who, in our lifetimes, Paul, we barely remember a time when they weren't coaching. When there wasn't a Bayheim at Syracuse, when there wasn't a Williams at Kansas or North Carolina, and when there wasn't a Shashevsky at Duke. He's named uh, John Shire as his successor, one of my people. So nice job, John Shire. Congrats. Um, a Duke grad. And people are saying, what about his other coaches, Jeff Cable and Johnny Dawkins and Tommy Amaker, Chris Collins, uh, Wojciechowski? All those guys have, you know, been okay as coaches. 
So it's not like he's passed up another former player because Shire is no on this on uh, United States anyway coaching experience college or pro he's coached overseas including the Israeli team again my people uh, so the other coaches look they've they've been okay you know as as, as Krzyzewski disciples so Krzyzewski is not retiring because of changes to the game he's retiring for family reasons I mean he's 74 years old he's got uh, wife and kids and grandkids he wants to spend time with. I'm sure he'll still be hanging around the program. He'll never be too far away from the phone when Shire calls for advice. Um, this is a guy who's been on the bench as an assistant coach with Shushevsky, so he's not coming in from the cold, not ex-player right to coach. And look, say what you will about it. And a lot of people, especially us here in Maryland, us Terp fans, a lot of people don't like him because he wins. And he complains and whines a lot, but he's a winner. It's kind of hard to say, is he the greatest college coach ever? Because you got John Wooden with 11 championships. But John Wooden recruited at a time when there was less oversight, and there's plenty of stories about how some of his players didn't quite come to UCLA under, you know, the right circumstances, that there may have been some shady dealings. Of course, you know, Krzyzewski got Zion Williamson. I'm sure there were some shady dealings there as well. I don't know for sure. Just speculating, not trying to make any claims. But anyway, that's like I've said before. Why try to say who's better, Wooden or Krzyzewski, and just say, look, Wooden coached till 75. Uh, Krzyzewski takes over in 1980. So really you've had, I don't know, four, five, six decades of coaching excellence. So just enjoy it. These kinds of coaches – no one's going to last 40 years at a school again, at one school. He put up five national championships, made it to other championships. He's a great coach, and the best thing about him before we move on to something else is every time the sport has changed, Krzyzewski has changed with it. When the sport became a one-and-done sort of sport, from you know build up a team full of seniors and win, it became a one-and-done sport. He won a national championship with one-and-dones. He adjusts, he adapts. There's nothing about Krzyzewski that says he keeps playing the same style of basketball when he first took over in the early 80s. That 86 Final Four team is nothing like the team that won the championship a few years ago. So he'll be missed. As a Maryland fan, I'm going to miss rooting against him because whenever Maryland played Duke, I'm like, I don't care uh, as long as we beat them by 100. So look, Duke has stuck a knife in the hearts of Maryland fans just like they did all the other ACC fans. One of the worst parts about Maryland moving to the Big Ten was missing out and playing Duke twice a year because even though we lost more than we won, those were always great games. Those are games you get. That's appointment television, Maryland-Duke, Duke-North Carolina, so on and so forth. So he'll be missed. He was a great coach, and I feel bad for John Shire because there's no more pressure than being the guy that follows the guy. So good luck. <laughs> good, good luck, luck to there, John Mr. Cuny. He so. is certainly a winner, a winner. Just like yep. you, Mr. Cuny, you are a winner. All right. Uh, Thank you. Ten minutes to go here. We're wrapping up this first Sunday's Han Shows. Before we get to the dope of the week, we got a couple of miscellaneous items here. Going to run through them real yep. quick there. Yep. Um, Tennis news. Yeah. So, gosh, there's so much to say about this whole Naomi Osaka thing. You've got 30 seconds. you got 30 seconds. Okay. So, look, uh, she's withdrawn from the French Open because she doesn't want to talk to the press and the big deal was made about it and she's trying to protect her emotional well-being 
And that's all fine and good, except I wonder, and again, this is me trying not to be oh so offensive, mm -hmm. but it's, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'll wow. just save wow, look at you powers. being yeah, careful. I just, well, you know what it is, <laughs> I, I can't do this in 30 seconds, so I, I have say, 35 seconds. I'll save that for next week. I have some thoughts about, you know, what Naomi Osaka is doing and, well, again, uh, tune in next week, folks, for more on that. Okay, uh, the season of Ingleside continues as we see guys who are really old winning. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. Phil Mickelson wins uh, the Masters. And now we have Helio Castroneves at his age, the right awesome age of 40-something. Well, he's in his 40s. He just won the Indianapolis 500, joining a crowd that includes three other people as the only four-time winners of the Indy 500. Names like Foyt, Unser, and Rick Mears, the only winners. He's 46, by the way. The only four-time winners of the Indianapolis 400. 400. See, I got the number four in the brain. 500. Okay, so, again, good for him. He's old. We'll see him at Ingleside Jeez, with Brady. He's old at 46. What the hell are we at 51. We're done. We're dust Finished. at this point. Um, Medina Spirit, the second test came back, and it was positive. So Medina Spirit, he will be he will be stripped of his Kentucky Derby win. Bob Baffert is out at Churchill Downs for a couple of years. I believe Belmont Park also suspended him. Good night. Which, as I, as I said, is a big deal, no big deal move because nobody was – if the Belmont had a chance – to host the Triple Crown, a potential Triple Crown winner. There's no way they would have said that Baffert was suspended, but they did because nobody was going to watch the Belmont Stakes anyway. So Medina Spirit is out. Bob Baffert is out. Um, and lastly, 10,000 of the 80,000 volunteers at the Tokyo Olympics have quit because they're afraid that in a country where only 2% of the population or 3% has been vaccinated, they don't want to be part of and Olympics in which athletes from other countries are coming. Um, and they're and I, being placed on an aircraft carrier and sent right. out to sea. Right. And, you know, we're less than 50 days away from the Olympics. So, you know, they're full speed ahead for it the, the it Japanese Olympics. It ain't going to happen. But I, it's looking more and more <laughs> like we're 50-50 at best for having an Olympics, which they still call Tokyo 2020, even though we're a year out from that. So... Read the tea leaves, everyone, on that one. 10,000 of your 80,000 volunteers just up and quit, and you announce uniforms and music and podiums. NBC's on the same commercials day. are on full swing. I tell you, they're in massive denial in Japan. So stay tuned on that one. See if I've, they're going to. I've said it many times in the show. There will be no Olympics. Yep. And um, some quick NFL stuff uh, Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers, still not traded. And Deshaun Watson is still embroiled in a lawsuit with 22 women. He's still so, a creep. There you go. He's still a creep. Still a creep. There you I'm go. About there you go, baby. Some miscellaneous items out? for you there, folks. Thank you so much. Good stuff here on the Honchos. Uh, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Oh, no. Dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. Yes, that's right. You know by now, I hope you do, that the Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can. 
Yes, you, Mr. and Mrs. Podcast listener. For absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag D-O-T-W on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. We hope you enjoyed last show's uh, inaugural throwback Sports Honchos Dope of the Week, but we're back to our regularly scheduled Dope of the Week. Nice. Uh, somebody that actually did something stupid this week. So, who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Gilles Moritone, head of the French Tennis Federation. Way to go, Gilles! And I'm sure I'm butchering his name. The FTF, as the cool kids call Sounds it. Sounds dirty is the governing body for tennis in France and is in charge of the French Open, which is going on right now as we speak. On May 26, Naomi Osaka, the second-ranked player in the world, according to the WTA, announced that she was not going to attend any French Open press conferences, citing her mental health as the reason. On May 30th, Osaka defeated Patricia Tig in the first round of the Open, skipped the post-match press conference, and was promptly fined $15,000 by the four Grand Slam organizing bodies because, quote, she chose not to honor her contractual media obligations. That's a lot of, of tennis balls. And, of course, honor was spelled in that snooty European way with a U. Yuck city. <laughs> in the joint statement announcing the $15,000 fine, the Grand Slam Mafia, who I call the four families, French Open, U.S. Open, Australia Open, and Wimbledon, expressed a bit of support for the mental health of the players, but also warned Osaka that if she continued to ignore her media obligations... She would be subject to further fines and possible suspensions from future Grand Slam events. The next day, Osaka withdrew from the French Open, saying she was taking some time away from the game and that she never wanted to be a distraction. She said her withdrawal was, quote, the best thing for the tournament, the other players, and my well-being. Whoops. I do not think Moritone or any of the other heads of the four families expected one of the faces of their sport and one of the most popular tennis players in the world to take her ball and go home. So the four families leapt into action. On the day she withdrew, the four families sent out Moritone to face the same media that Osaka wanted to avoid and that the four families embraced so heartily. Here is what he said. If you would play the clip, please, Mr. Cuthbert. First and foremost, we are sorry and sad for Naomi Osaka. The outcome of Naomi withdrawing from Roland Garros is unfortunate. We wish her the best and the quickest possible recovery. And we look forward to having Naomi in our tournament next year. As all the Grand Slams, the WTA, the ATA, the ATP, and the ITF, we remain very committed to all athletes' well-being and to continually improving every aspect of players' experience in our tournament including with the media, like we have always strived to do. Anywho, if you are wondering what happened, I'm sorry, that clip would have sounded better if it were Pepe Le Pew or Inspector Clouseau reading it. Anywho, if you are wondering what happened to the rest of the clip, rest assured that Paul did not have a stroke. There is no rest of the clip. That's right. Moritone said what you heard and then got up. Yes, he refused to take any questions. From the media. Wah, wah, wah. No questions from the media. Is Moritone French for irony? Mon Dieu. Now, let me get this straight. Now, Naomi Osaka decides not to honor, with a U, 
Her media obligations, because facing the tennis media takes too much of a toll on her emotional well-being. You and your fellow capos in the four families find her 15 large. She then withdraws from your tournament to avoid being the story of the tournament and taking attention away from the players, which prompts this statement expressing support for Osaka. Then, when you have the chance to show how much you love the very same media members that cause Osaka so much spilkus, you bail on questions? Just sweet désolé, Monsieur Moreton. Are you saying that taking questions from the media is not good for your state of mind? That it robs you of a certain joie de vivre? Maybe you should avoid press conferences. Oh, right, I forgot. You need to pay $15,000 for that privilege. So, Gilles, for once again reminding the world how good the French are at surrendering, <laughs> for being the worst face of France since Gerard Depardieu, and for making Moreton the new word for hip- hypocrite, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congratulations. Gilles, your certificate is in the mail. Great to go, Gilles. You are so good at being so bad. Great to go. You're hypocrite. Oh, what a load of horseshit, as we like to say here at the Honcho's. I mean, all that was missing was him getting up and saying, I'm not taking any questions. He just got up and left. <laughs> so, What a dope. When he thought the media was so, he strives to accommodate the media, but he won't actually talk to the media. So, so there you go. There you go, folks. First Sunday. What way to end this First Sunday's honchos in the books, baby. Yep. A little testy there. Oh, yeah. Cuny Cup well, going know. at him. We don't know if we're going to talk to each other for next yeah. week, but we're normally not up this early. So, yes. you know, we got told you we were going to be cranky. Yeah, told you I was going to be cranky. Wait till we, we get the video with our next week loose fitting robes. <laughs> Once again, as always, thank you so much for listening to Honchos, Mr. Cooney. Bid everybody adieu. <laughs> yes, uh, mon dieu. Yes, uh, au revoir, mes amis. Uh, thank you very much for listening as always. Remember, rate us, review us, follow us, subscribe, whatever it is. Make sure you download us. Bring us into your homes on a good looking Sunday morning with your bacon, your eggs, and your strong sense of patriotism. Um, we love you. We thank you. And as the rest of the weekend unfolds, be safe out there. Be nice to each other. As always, peace. Sports hot shows are out, baby. See ya.